0: Taking care of of this issue reverberates through so many other issues within the the veterans community. We have to recognize toxic exposure as a casualty and cost of war. They're gonna say two things, the science we're not sure about and the money. Both, as you know, are nonsense. Welcome to the
1: Policy Vets podcast, engaging with leaders, scholars, and strong voices to fill a void in support of policy development for America's veterans. With your hosts, former Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Dr. David Shulkin, and former Executive Director of the American Legion, Lou Shelley. Today's guest, world-renowned comedian and activist, Jon Stewart. I have to say, Mr. Secretary, I am pretty excited about having John Stewart on our podcast today. Lou, I think
2: it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Fun? What do you mean? I I know you pretty well, and I know that you take the issue of burn pits really seriously.
2: Yeah, Lou, I do take burn pits really seriously. It's It's not a laughing matter. But you'll see what I mean. John says it like it is. He doesn't have to be politically correct. He doesn't have that gene like everybody else in Washington seems to have. So I think we're going to hear some really straight talk from him.
1: Well, no, and the great thing is that his voice is amplified because he has such, uh, you know, such a following, and such a rich history.
2: Yeah, this is a guy who's had won 22 Emmy Awards. He's hosted the Academy Awards twice. He's, of course, hosted The Daily Show. He's written a book called Naked Pictures of Famous People. I mean, this is a guy that could be spending his time on anything he wants to do. And yet, here he is spending his time focused on helping veterans about burn pits.
1: Well, then let's get started.
2: John, hey, it's David Shulkin, and thanks for joining us today on this Policy Vets podcast. We're going to be talking about burn pits, and you and I have worked together to help address the right. issue of burn pits, since we both believe that not the veterans aren't getting the help that they need and they deserve.
0: My pleasure. And, and listen, on April 13th, we're going to go down, we're going to do a little press conference on the warfighters bill uh and you know we're going to try and and generate some momentum to keep pushing this thing forward and 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 hope that, that that something gets done and i really appreciate you guys giving me a chance to talk about it because it's like you say it's something that's real under the radar and we'd love to get it out there
1: john people may or may not have heard about your extensive work um you know with the uh, the victims and the and the first responders from 911 but they've certainly heard about 911 when you talk to friends that, that have not been in the military, how do you right. explain burn pits to them?
0: I mean, you know, the, the the first thing you've got to explain is is that, you know, uh, the rules of engagement in war are very different than than what we have here. And I can remember even the first time that uh, I'd gone on a USO tour to Afghanistan and, and we were in Kandahar. And, you know, everybody's eating over here and, and right over here you smelled, must have been fecal waste, but no, it, it can't be. That can't be possible. And I said to somebody, you know, what, I don't mean to be rude, but but what is that smell? And they said, well, oh, that's poop pond. And I said, well, I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, no, the it's an open sewage pit that uh, all the waste of the base goes to poop pond. And uh, uh, I was like... So let me I just want to get this straight. We have drones that can strike someone from two to three thousand to five thousand to six thousand miles away, can lock in, grant an order, fire a missile that is targeted and on there. We can't cover soldiers shit. And they have to eat and sleep right next to it. Not only that, there are black plumes of smoke coming up through the air. Oh, was that a, a bombing? Was that an attack? Oh, no, 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 that's how uh, they get rid of all the materials from the base, hazardous and otherwise. I mean, the, uh, the conditions that our soldiers operate in, forget about the dangers of war, forget about, you know, and, and they signed up to fight for our country, and that's absolutely true, but their work environment would not be legal in the United States. You would not be allowed to work under those toxic conditions in the United States. And those conditions were not contingent upon war. They were contingent on saving money from the contractors who had our waste removal programs from the Defense Department. KBR had the contract. Incinerators are industry standard for handling these types of materials, and they weren't used. And not only were they not used, JP-8 and JP-5, which you guys know is incredibly toxic. It's the same jet fuel that was uh, keeping the ground at ground zero burning and causing all those illnesses and and disease. And, And that's what they used to keep these burn pits, and soldiers had to stand guard over it and and you know the big thing was oh we're going to put this upwind well you you guys have been there like there is no upwind there's just there so it's 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 a failure of our government to protect our citizens and the veterans have no recourse because any contractor that has a contract with the government has sovereign immunity so their negligence th- they have nowhere to go and the veterans administration has has unfortunately let them down
2: Yeah. You know, John, that explains a lot. I, I, um, you know, I've been with you a number of times when you've spoken on this issue. And the fact that you've been there and you've seen this, I think, Mm. differentiates you from so many Americans that occasionally we'll see something like that on TV. So. You could get involved in a lot of issues, I'm sure in your career you've seen a lot of injustices and you continue to sure what why have you chosen this issue the burn pits issue to speak out on and to
0: lend your voice to uh well it's 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 a couple of reasons um, you know after all the things that happened with the first responders in nine eleven and and the people that lived around there uh, a woman named Rosie Torres approached John feel and myself John feel is the Uh, just incredible, boots on the ground, tenacious organizer of the Feel Good Foundation and and was the driving force behind getting the Zadroga Act passed. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of visits uh, down to Washington with his, you know, oftentimes very ill crew in tow, lobbying, putting in the heart, putting in the body punches that you have to do uh, uh, to soften up the legislative process. Uh, Rosie Torres, her husband... was Captain Leroy Torres, who was serving uh, in Balad. And if you know, in Balad was the site of maybe the most egregious burn pit. It's, you know, a hundred yards by a hundred yards and uh, 24-7 just plumes of black smoke. And uh, he served there and came home and was a a Texas state trooper and began to suffer terrible respiratory issues and exhaustion and lost his job, uh, applied to the VA for benefit, was denied. Uh, has taken this thing all the way up to the Texas Supreme Court to try and sue KBR to get some recourse or to sue the Texas Ranger so that they can't fire you for uh, uh, losing your job based on, you know, a disability that you got in, in the military. The, the issue, David, and, we, and, and we've talked about this, is, you know, there's such a nexus of, of issues for veterans when they come home. You know, being a veteran is already isolating in American society. It's a very small population and uh, there's a great camaraderie within, but without, there's very little knowledge of the situation and and how they operate. When you have a physical wound, right? Everybody sees it, everybody knows what it is, everybody understands it. When you have a toxic wound, which are as real as any uh, uh, loss of a limb, nobody understands that that's a direct result of the service that you gave to the country, right? And it leaves that gray area where if the VA is set up not as an advocate for the veteran but as an obstacle to health because it's set up in many ways like a, an insurance company, especially VBA, you're going to have further isolation, right? Now, this soldier who is no longer uh, active duty, so he's lost the camaraderie of his unit, he's hurt, wounded, he or she has health issues, so can no longer earn the living that they were, so now there's financial stresses that go along with it. Now they're put through a board process that you guys have been through that's just utter insanity. They have to be their own doctor, they have to be their own lawyer, they have to be their own advocate, and it leads to mental health issues, it leads to suicides. I mean this is, taking care of, of this issue reverberates, through so many other issues within uh, the veterans' community. We have to recognize toxic exposure as a casualty and cost of war. It's it's simple. And and by the way, in in sort of researching and digging into it, you know, here are the two two things they're going to say. And David, you know this as well as anybody, and and, and Lou as well. They're going to say two things. The science we're not sure about and the money both as you know are nonsense that's right you can't have endless money for war and then suddenly start pinching pennies this is the true cost of war it's like saying i bought a car okay well now you're gonna have to buy insurance yeah i'm not paying for that why not well it's too much money and it's right but that is you should have budgeted for the total cost of the war don't put that on the backs of those that are sick and dying. That's just, that's insanity. The second thing is the science. So I, I happened to, I went on the EPA website because I, I saw like, you can't do this in America. I wish I had it in front of me, but I'll read you the quote. Yeah. Dioxins and particulates in extremely low doses are linked to cancers, respiratory disease, uh neuromuscular diseases immune disorders it's on the epa website we didn't ban these things and regulate these things out of nowhere the science already exists the va won't honor it
2: it, it makes it yeah.
0: sense.
2: john it's one of the reasons why um, it was it was so frustrating to see on the va website for a long time that the VA said that there were no known adverse health consequences to burn pits. And, you know, you and right. I would shake our heads at that. For, fortunately, when the Biden administration took over, that statement got removed. And um, I hope that that's a recognition of some of the things that you're talking about, because I think the science really is clear that, you know, most people that are listening to this would not want to be exposed to the types of t- toxic waste that you're talking David, about it you would be illegal.
0: it would be illegal in this country yes. to put people in a work Ocean environment all over them that's right of that toxicity illegal right you'd never be I I, I I challenge anybody and the second part of that is you know they always quote the National Academy of Science or these other studies if you really dig into the study it doesn't say there's no correlation what it says is we don't find a correlation due to insufficient data. And where's the insufficient data from? The Department of Defense. So it's the the second part of this, and I wanna ask you about this because the regulations at the VA are very clear. Unless there is a preponderance of evidence, unless it's pure speculation, and there's a preponderance of evidence against service connection for a health condition for a veteran, the benefit goes to the claimant It's in their title charter. So how is it that when you put through this process, what it says is uh, uh, you have reasonable doubt? If there's reasonable doubt that the exposure uh, uh, for the veteran could lead to this type of health condition, the benefit goes to the claimant. They're ignoring the EPA science And they're ignoring their own charter well john
2: that's the way as secretary that i interpreted it as well the what i interpreted my um, statutory obligation was that if it was more likely than not to have harmed by the way
0: tie goes to the runner as well i mean these are these have been adjudicated in court
2: yeah unfortunately that's not always the definition that's being used and the problem is is that different agencies and government are using different definitions. And that leads us to one of the reasons why I think it is important that Congress come in and clarify their intent. And that will lead to a legislative process. And that's certainly one of the things that we want to talk to you about today. I know that you're aware of some of the Mm -hmm. legislative bills that are being put in place. Uh, Unfortunately, we've seen them introduced in different uh, sessions of Congress, and they've not really gain traction. Do you think that now that we're in 2021, that we're entering a different time where the bills being introduced by Senator mm-hmm. Gillibrand and Rubio and Senator Tillis are going to finally get some traction?
1: Well, that's about all the time we have for today. Join us next week for part two as we finish up our interview with Jon Stewart. I guarantee you will not wanna miss the, the rest of this interview. Thanks for listening to the Policy Vets podcast. For more information about projects and other podcasts, go to policyvets.org.